Scale Well Podcast. How to use technology to scale your business. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Scale Well Podcast. My name is Phil Bean. I'm here with my co-founder, Matt Gamble. We're two of the founders of Nudge Coach, an easy-to-use client management platform for wellness businesses. And today we have another great guest with us, really interesting story that Chase Tuning has. He's a, an Army vet and a certified health coach who trains and coaches patients in a concierge medical practice, as well as through his own business, his private clients, using the Nudge Coach platform. Um, Chase's story starts with kind of a turn to the fit life after a series of injuries caused him to leave the military. So looking forward to hearing a little more about that and the rest of your story. Welcome to the podcast, Chase Tuning. Hey, Phil, Mac, thank you guys for having me so much. Chase, good to see you, man. I appreciate you uh, joining us on this. For for those that don't know, we were actually on Chase's podcast about a few weeks ago, so it's uh, great to great to reconnect. And it's funny because I think we even made this joke when we were on that podcast that we're kind of just a group of three people that have gone through a lot of injuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did we decide? I think it was gonna we're gonna rebrand ourselves the. Uh, the the femur the femur podcast or yeah, something the, the crippled folk yeah, yeah there we go, go with, uh, <laughs> broken a femur had some knee surgeries phil's torn both acls were so we could just launch another podcast we've got ever forward radio we've done we've got scale well podcast we've done and the now slowing like, down yeah. podcast the ever forward and then slowing down i like uh all banged up oh go. yep all banged up so it's uh yeah, really, you know, really excited to have you on here because I think for, for, you know, of course, some, some obvious reasons, but you have done, you, you've really made that transition from someone who's working in fitness and wellness and has gone through it more of the traditional process. And then you, you've kind of, a, you've really kind of adopted a more digital approach and kind of launched more of a digital business. And I think you'd be amazed, and we say this all the time, how many people reach out to us on our website or ask us questions about this. And it's, it's great to really have people like you in our network that we can really rely on and lean and, and kind of point people towards. And the fact that you've started really building your own personal brand through your podcast over forward, just, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of great wisdom here for anyone who's trying to figure out kind of what the steps are to go digital, what's going to go into it, what's the packaging, what's the modeling, just, you know, sit tight and, and let this man share some wisdom with you. So I guess, Chase, you want to start just kind of tell us a story about how you kind of got to where you are now. How have you kind of put together your business and really made that transition into digital? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I always like to go back to the beginning of of everything, really, for me, whether it's going digital, in person, uh, really how I'm doing, what I'm doing today and why. So my whole life, I'd been active. Always, you know, I played sports, baseball my whole life, was always out. I grew up down in Southwest Virginia, and so I was fortunate enough to grow up on a lot of land, playing out in the creek, uh, as we used to say. <laughs> so, you know, staying active and moving and eating right was always a part of my life. My grandparents had a huge garden, so I didn't really know anything different other than to, you know, eat the food that we grew and play out on the land. And then from there, I decided to kind of continue a family legacy, uh, and you know, for personal reasons as well, to go into the service. So I enlisted in the United States Army right out of high school, I uh, signed up for a six year active duty contract. I, about four and a half years in, wound up getting significantly injured. Uh, I volunteered for a couple assignments and in that training for those assignments, uh, I wound up tearing my hamstring, damaged a couple of my vertebrae in my back and one thing led to another and wound up needing reconstructive surgery, both my hips. So uh, my last about year to year and a half in the army, I was a patient. I wound up having both my hips totally reconstructed. Uh, I've got two pins in either femur to keep them stable in my hip joints. 
uh, re-injured my labrum. So after all of that, I wound up getting medically retired actually out of the army. So once you become non-deployable and you get all banged up, like we were saying earlier, <laughs> all banged uh, up. Uncle, yeah, Uncle Sam kind of loses its need for you. So uh, I got discharged out from there, wound up moving back to my home state of Virginia and wound up going to the school I originally was looking at before the military, Virginia Commonwealth University, really for personal reasons. So they had a great exercise science program. Uh, I was in a position in my life where I even think at this point I was still on a cane. Uh, and before that, I had gone through bed rest, learning how to walk again, wheelchair, crutches into cane. So kind of, uh, I was like the evolutionary man going from yeah, bed yeah. <laughs> into walking again. So I really fell in love with this program because I recognized that I needed to relearn a lot of things for myself. You know, the human body, nutrition, uh, rehab, prehab, and really just anatomy, physiology, head to toe for my own sake. And in that process, through some internships and meeting other people and doing different things, I really wound up falling in love with it as a profession. So uh, I felt that I became good at it and I became well-versed in a lot of different practices. Uh, and at the same time, you know, when it comes to coaching, I think that, you know, really the best way you can connect with a client or the best way that a client can connect with a coach is buying into or connecting with that story. And I really felt that my story was relatable to a lot of people. Um, I, I wasn't someone who was pursuing the Olympics, but I also was someone who did, you know, more than once a week group exercise. So, uh, you know, definitely we've all been through injuries, most of us, uh, or certain setbacks. And so I think the more you could connect with someone to work with them, you're going to have much more success. So that's kind of how I got transitioned into health coaching, being a trainer. Um, I, I did my undergrad, like I said, exercise science, uh, just finished my master's program up here in DC at American University for health promotion management. Uh, got a few other certifications under my belt. Now I'm just out here helping people or at least trying to. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, so when you first, I guess, primarily we're working with people kind of more face to face when you first started kind of yes what just in local training facilities and, and gyms just kind of going through the kind of I guess the yeah yeah I mean we've all done it I know you all story you've all done the kind of the brick and mortar setup you know I was working in gyms I was working in corporate wellness centers so we would staff and run private gyms for businesses who had gyms for their employees and so I did the personal training thing I did the group exercise thing and then uh, another part of my previous job was to run these health screenings. So people would come in for their annual checkups. We would do quick blood panel, height, weight, body composition analysis, and kind of just very, very quick and short and intense, if you could even call it health coaching. Um, that was kind of more my one-on-one -on -one outside of a fitness center aspect. And I, I think that's really where I got that spark, that catalyst kind of set in for me to realize that making the most long-term significant change for people wasn't necessarily showing them how to properly do a squat or a bench press. You know, that's pertinent for a select mm -hmm. group of people, but really that coaching aspect, once people kind of saw what their metabolic panel was, what they looked like on the inside and how it can properly change their outside mm -hmm. through that coaching aspect and accountability. That's really what sparked my interest into segueing into what I do now full time. And that's, you know, working with clients, patients, one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I work in a concierge medical practice. So right now it's a little bit more, clinically based. So I work with a lot of people who are pre-diabetic, diabetic, high cholesterol, high sodium, um, family history of certain genetic disorders, or just dealing with certain chronic illnesses and ailments, or they're the weekend warrior. They travel a lot. They're you know a high travel executive and they need like a workout program for their mm -hmm. hotel room. So I would say anybody and everybody that you could think of or yeah, yeah, yeah. a special population, I, I kind of have some touch points with. 
So this is the more the more you're kind of talking, the more I realize this is this is probably one of the most relevant podcasts for I think of everyone on our email list, just because we always talk about that convergence of fitness and healthcare, and you're really living it. You're mm-hmm. you're in that because you you know you have your own personal clients and you have more of the fitness background, but yeah. over the past few years you've you've been with this concierge medical group, so you you are working in a more clinical setting, doing more of a more of a uh, traditional coaching. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the first questions here is, and I think a lot of people have this question is when you're creating this idea of kind of a, some kind of digital offering, digital coaching or, or any kind of traditional coaching, I think it's, this is a newer concept for a lot of people. How did, how do you go about creating kind of programming around this? Cause it, it can be such an open-ended process yeah. and offering where you're like, okay, you can just text me whenever you want. You know, it's just yeah. it can be a little too open-ended and a little loose. How, how have you been able to kind of create more concise packages? Yeah, that's a really good question. And honestly, it goes back to kind of my origin with, with you guys first learning about this whole digital coaching world. Um, when I was first getting my feet wet with this medical practice, we only saw them X amount of times a year. It really, it's about four times a year technically, you know, if people even take advantage of those offerings. Mm-hmm. And in the interim, I realized that we could have great progress together one-on-one. We set these great goals. They seem really motivated. They come back and see me two, three, four months later. And they're like, oh, I forgot to open that email. I forgot to check that workout. I, you know, I didn't really do anything you said, or I did it for a little bit and I forgot about it. I very quickly began to realize that it's that interim, that in between those missing touch points that people need if we're going to initiate and maintain any long-term success in changing or introducing new healthy habits for weight loss, weight maintenance, weight gain, just, you know, awareness about your nutrition or any certain health concerns. And so once I first found out about nudge there, I realized that this was like my golden ticket. (laughs) I realized that this was a way to not only introduce as many touch points as possible, but uh, luckily you all being HIPAA compliant, I didn't have to worry about that with my medical practice. So uh, I could converse and send documents and have these touch points with these patients. That's, that's what they were. That's what they are and not need to worry about that aspect. Uh, and then also it's everything in the background that I love about nudge and that w- what I saw that was kind of, again, another missing link in that so many people don't really know what to do or they think they're on the right track, but they wonder, is it enough? Is it too much? Is it too little? And so having the ability to see everything in the background of their activity, their steps, their distance, their food log, um, and just knowing that they have this person, this professional behind them uh, in their pocket, literally, is that missing accountability piece that so many people just loved. I, I continue to get the feedback. It's the same, just, hey, Chase, just knowing you're in my pocket, just knowing that you're, quote, you know, watching me, big brother's watching, is uh, a lot of times all that they need just to keep right. that self-accountability in place. What's, what's Phil, this is a chance to plug the quote. What's your famous quote about uh, people just need to be reminded? What is yeah, that's, uh, you're on the right track. People need to reminded, be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. I yeah. probably drilled this into everybody over here at this point. Um, Full disclosure, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that and co-sign it. That was my quote. I completely made it up or a guy named Samuel Johnson did and like <laughs> or something like that. Well, either you <laughs> or Samuel, I'm going to, I'm going to co-sign on it. <laughs> the, uh, well, that's, yeah. So I, I, I think I'm with you and I think the, what we're seeing more and more just from kind of our perspective is that that really is such a powerful concept and it, it it's something that I think is 
generally overlooked is just, you know, I think you, people try to overcomplicate what we would consider kind of quote unquote nudges, you know, what a nudge is when a per, you know, when you're providing value and when you're providing instruction, like sometimes it's just the act of checking in on person, seeing how they are doing can just go incredibly far and let them know that you are with them and that's additional value being provided. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, so you've, you've implemented this in kind of both within kind of a fitness spectrum as well as kind of deeper into wellness. Definitely want to touch a little bit on kind of as you're, as you have created this programming, how have, how is this fit within kind of the business? And I know you're kind of looking at this from both your personal kind of the mm-hmm. personal side as well as the working with this in more of the clinical side. And maybe you're looking at it the same way. Maybe it's two different ways, you know, how is this being packaged and how are you actually, you know, if you don't mind me asking kind of diving into the revenue model a little bit, yeah. how do you charge for something like this? You know, is it, some people may wonder, Hey, is digital, does that mean it's cheaper? Do I just go less, less expensive offering for my clients or my patients? You know, what are your thoughts? Yeah. on? Yeah, that's, that's honestly probably what I've spent the most time researching, researching, thinking about, um, because I think in this profession, we are what the person is buying. Uh, they're, you know, they want, in a sense, they're buying your credentials, your experience. But when they see a coach, when they see a trainer, they have certain expectations. Um, and by no means do I think that we, any of us should get into a sense of comparison for goal setting. But, uh, you know, you are your brand. You are the product. You are the service that you want to ultimately connect with and sell to that client. Um, and so in that, you know, we're always looking at, you know, what is Joe's gym down the street charging? What do their trainers mm-hmm. look like? What are the services? What are their packages? Uh, do I have the same credentials as them? Did I go to school as long as them? And, you know, again, where the client may be looking at a comparison aspect to connect with a coach or a trainer, I think us as healthcare professionals, health and wellness professionals, trainers, coaches, whatever, we get into that same kind of cycle. And so I struggled with that for a while as far as I was relatively new. You know, I was, you know, in my late 20s. I'm 31 now, but I was in my late 20s. I just graduated school because I'd spent six years in the Army. So, like, all these other guys are my same age, but they have more certifications, more time experience. And so, but then it really came down to what impact have I made with people so far? What is the feedback that I'm getting that, they have appreciated and they have connected with. And what is that value? Not so much how many letters do I have after my name, but you know, what success have I had so far? And honestly, what failures have I had so far and learned from and been able to implement and change for the better. And so in the beginning, when I started just selling uh, chase tuning, private coaching, digital coaching only, I really undersold myself. I think I was, it's been about a year and a half now, but I was only offering my, my same services that I offer now yeah. for, I, I think it was definitely about maybe like $60 a month. And mm-hmm. so I wasn't honestly getting a whole lot of bite from that because what I'm finding out now is that people weren't really buying into someone that was kind of a low value, you know, being right, up right, here right. in Washington, DC, a lot of gyms that I go to, a lot of fitness centers that I go to and trainers that I know are very, very expensive and yeah. they're constantly being booked. And when you think about it, it's because they're good at what they do. Uh, they, they walk the walk, they talk the talk, and people get their value out from them. So honestly, I started having a higher success rate with having a bigger spread, reaching more people, getting more feedback, getting more interest, getting more paying clients when I brought up my value, when I brought up my package options, when I brought up my pricing. And honestly, like the services and products and offerings that I have now, are not that much different when I was 
about half the price. So, uh, <laughs> Funny yeah, it, works, which is weird, you know, people yeah, are like, oh, I mean, you need to like, you know, it comes down to perceived value. I mean, it's absolutely not only, I'm sure you're maybe marketing yourself a little bit more intelligently because you've been doing it longer, but sure. you know, I think it's, unfortunately, I think that's a, there's a common issue in the industry of people saying, it's almost like a race to the bottom. It's like, oh, okay, those people are charging, you know, X dollars. I'm going to go right under them. And yeah. then everyone's trying to low cut one another. And now we're, you know, we're hiring digital health coaches like Chase for $6. It's, yeah. you know, it's just baffling to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's where I think, you know, people are, and we hear this from health professionals a lot, getting into trouble with comparison, like you mentioned. And I'm so glad you brought that up because we had that brought up by actually on a previous uh, podcast we did. I think it was Elise Wagner from, Functional mm-hmm. Medicine Coaching Academy. Yes. That's something yeah, like, I love that episode, yeah. Yeah, something like uh, comparison is kryptonite. Yeah. And I thought that was a pretty powerful statement and clearly something that she had very ingrained in her head and communicates to the coaches they train a lot. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it can become a race to the bottom, but, you know, especially when it comes to health, you know, it's hard to hard yeah. to imagine people really wanting discount health services, you know, <laughs> if you really think about yeah. it for a second. Uh, like that's exactly. not where I want to yeah. no, no, no. cut corners. So yeah. and really I have to cut yourself for sure. Yeah, and I think that one of the biggest initial disconnects that we have is that we think, oh, we're a digital offering. Um, so therefore we're not as sought after or as highly valued or can offer the same similar or even better services. Oh, well, why would someone pay me the same rate when they can go and, and see and work and train with someone week in, week out? I was looking at it the wrong way. What I really need to be looking at was look at all the other touch points that I get that they don't. Look at all the other times that I converse with this person that they don't. I can't remember how many times I would work with a, a private training, personal training client. I would see him once a week or once a month. And like in that session, they were good or they might be sucking. (laughs) Uh, And it's really, it's all the time in between that they should be paying for because if they really want to set themselves up for success as a coach, as a trainer, if you want to stack the conditions in your client's favor, you need to be observing everything from all angles, not just how much weight are they moving and what's their, you know, resting heart rate. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what is the stress level in their life? What does their travel look like? What's their family situation? Uh, what are their eating habits? What are they doing the day in, day out? And once I started to really reapproach how I package my services, how I value myself and what I was offering, honestly, I still feel like I'm underpriced. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah. to be honest, I think you, you probably are as well. I think you could probably go yeah. up. I mean, I think we're, I'm starting to see a movement now. We were at URSA this year, and I remember actually learning about a company there that was had a really interesting business model where they were positioning themselves to be like the, the most high end of the high end fitness facilities in like Chicago. And so they were charging just incredibly high rates for like, I think it was personal training. And the argument was that that's, you know, yeah, we realize we're more expensive, but for us, we feel like we're providing that much value in yeah. that's the market we want to go for. We want to go for this more affluent market. We, we don't want to sure. be doing just the high quantity play. And so I think, you know, with what you've created and it's just kind of hit me as you were speaking towards it is, you know, the average trainer or coach is doing the face-to-face sessions, maybe meeting with someone to your point once or twice, you know, a week or a month. And that's maybe what a couple hours, but you're engaging your clients the other 23 hours of the day, every day. So it's kind of crazy to think you would be charging less than that person. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting when you start spinning it around in that way. 
Absolutely. And especially, you know, looking at your immediate surrounding area, area, your demographics. So I'm here in Northern Virginia. I live in Washington, DC, and I can definitely tell you a lot of the personal training in these gyms, they charge for one hour, what I do for a month of my services. Uh, and so I, I try to be an open book with this. And I feel that I currently feel comfortable with my, my rates and my offerings mm-hmm. a, because I, continue to get clients. Uh, they feel the value, they see the value, they see success. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of look at it from the angle of how much time can, you know, brutal honesty with myself, yeah. can I really commit to this person or this group of people? So I l- currently limit myself to the amount of personal private clients that I have, just because I know I only have so much bandwidth right. because I have full-time duties and responsibilities. How much time do you think you're putting into each client that you're working with kind of your personal clients and kind of, yeah. Okay. You say how many hours a week you think are going into each client? Uh, I would say minimum, excuse me. I would say minimum for each private client that I have. I'm looking at three to five. Is that a week? three to five a week about, and that's just hard devoted, the one-on-one time, the exercise programming, um, kind of just mapping out our plan. And then I would say that's a standalone time outside of all the intermittent touch points is, you know, the, the nudge coach messaging, yeah. the me evaluating kind of their activity, their food plans. That's just like the hard and true devoted scheduling planning time for them. Right, so, right. So you, are you having some face-to-face with these people, whether it's actually kind of sitting down knee to knee or kind of web conference? Yeah, I do. And so I think that's an important component of digital online health coaching, coach training, whatever you want to call it, um, is that, yes, you can have a certain amount of success with just, hey, I'm going to email your workout plan. Hey, here's some nutritional guidance or here are your macros or whatever your forte is. But I found, and I think this is where I benefit from having to have worked with people one-on-one and continue to work with them one-on-one is that we're human beings, you know, that, that connection, that yeah. seeing face to face, um, while, you know, I'm not physically touching someone shaking their hand and, you know, we get that nice dopamine response or, you know, uh, oxytocin release. And so we get that kind of that happy feel good feeling meeting right. with them in person, but seeing someone. So I, I, all my clients, we have once a week check-ins through various forms of video, video conferencing, uh, I have one guy that we do Snapchat video because that's, <laughs> that's what he has. Uh, I have another client that, you know, I meet in person. We just happen to live in the immediate same area. I have another couple other clients that it's, you know, just like this through uh, Zoom or Skype or whatever we may use. Uh, I try to make myself available on as many touchpoint platforms as possible because I've realized in the past that when I limit, you can only have this one avenue not everyone has the same yeah, as me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's and there's an important piece to that. And I think sometimes people overlook it is what whether you're using a technology like Nudge, you're using a video conferencing platform. Very rarely is one tool going to fit all of your clients. And I think yes, sometimes people overlook that fact. Is you know when they're looking at any piece of software, any technology, or any any tool is you know, I can't get all my clients to use it. And, you know, it's like, well, you, you probably shouldn't try to have everyone use yeah. it. If you're going to find some work, you know, something works really well for one, you may need to tweak it for someone else. But have you- And I think that's a great testament to what we know in the fitness industry as a whole. A lot of times you'll work with a client or, or work with a trainer and you get the quote unquote cookie cutter workout program, yeah. the cookie yeah. cutter meal plan. And I think if you take that same, big picture idea and put it into where we're headed now in this digital age, digital coaching, 
the same cookie cutter touch points is not going to work. Right. You're going to need, you're going to need nudge coach. You're going to need text message. You're going to need zoom. You're going to need Google hangout. You, you need to meet the client where they are because they're at that stage right now. Mm-hmm. Their readiness to change their capability. You have to cater to them at that point. And then it's your job as a coach, as a trainer to not only meet them there, help them grow in that environment, but then to continue to just push them along, nudge them along in that, you know, that next stage of change. So uh, I couldn't agree more, Mac. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And we, I mean, especially with just something as simple as, you know, ways to meet with a client, um, how ways to get face to face or, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's through some type of quick recorded video that you're sending back and forth. Um, meeting where they are is huge. I mean, you don't want friction in every single part of the relationship, right? You're already asking them to change something. So exactly. Don't make them change the way they're communicating. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But by no means am I saying, Oh, maybe this person is in like the far way back regions of pre-contemplation and you should go meet them in the the chip aisle or while they're on their couch all day. You know, I think there, (laughs) there needs to be a line kind of drawn in the sand there, but taking hold of that moment, that area, that part of their life, wherever they are, that they have that light bulb click. That's where we need to meet them mm-hmm. and we need to help them carry that light forward. Well, that's, yeah, that's really profound. The, um, what, so switching gears a little bit, Chase, I, I think one thing I think about some of our, uh, you know, audience and some of the people we, we've had a you know, pleasure of working with, I think some questions that come up a lot are, kind of looking, if we're looking at kind of launching a program like this, any kind of lifestyle management program, especially as it, as it relates to having kind of a digital component, a lot of our audience is in a business setting. So I think about, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily just solopreneurs, but those kind of like you who are also working in your case, a private medical practice. Yeah. When you're approaching launching a program like this, what are you, you know, and I don't know if maybe you've tested a couple of different ways to go about it, but this question we encounter a lot is, is this something that should be provided and something we should touch all of our clients or patients with, or is this, should we start with a dedicated program that is maybe, maybe it's focused on weight loss and we use it as kind of an upsell to a certain portion of our, of our client or patient. So what, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, I'm sure you all probably had some conversations about that internally before you all started doing this. So, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, <clears throat> I would say I would go back to, meeting the patient where they are, meeting the client where they are, really, truly, honestly, brutal honesty, assessing their needs. What is their Mm -hmm. goal? So I heard you say weight loss. So that's a big one. I think one of the biggest reasons why people look for a trainer or a coach is for weight loss. They're trying Mm -hmm. to shed, shed those last five pounds, you know, whether it's five pounds or a hundred. I personally think professionally think when it comes to weight loss, as many touch points as possible, a hands down, I think is the ultimate key to success. Uh, Cause as long as the patient, the client is reminded that they have someone watching them mm-hmm. is caring about what they're doing, caring about what they're not doing. That is going to help build that self accountability. That is going to help grow that self efficacy that not only am I doing something because I know someone's watching me, but when I do do something correct, I have that same person kind of patting me on the back saying, yes, this is right. Right. We're in the right direction. So I think self-efficacy is huge. Self-accountability is huge, but not everyone has that ability out of the gate. And so I think when it comes to like launching a program, again, if weight loss is the overall goal, I would agree. I think this day and age, whether you're an 80 year old grandma or an 18 year old high school student, 
digital I'm seeing is a huge demand mm-hmm. and everyone these days has a smartphone or at least everyone has some way in which a digital touch point is possible. Um, email, text, phone call. Again, it just goes back to various forms of accountability touch points. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. how we reach them. So in, in the practice you work with, uh-huh. are you all are you all kind of providing a layer of kind of remote services and remote coaching to all of the patients of the facility or do you all have some other kind of dedicated programs that people can kind of, you're, you're kind of using as an upsell because we, we kind yeah. of see two different buckets. It's either, hey, we're going we're in, to incorporate some kind of digital lifestyle program to all of our patients or all of our clients. And we're just going to increase our prices across the board or we'll create this new offering and we'll upsell people into it. And that's going to be kind of our white glove service. So curious to hear about kind of how, what y'all are doing. Yeah, absolutely. So with like, for example, uh, a, a separate program that we offer, there is no hard and true digital offering that goes along with it, but we, it's, we do weekly consultations, in-person consultations, monthly, whatever that current yeah. program or package looks like for the patient. So there's the weekly in-person, monthly in-person, whatever aspect. Uh, we do offer phone consultations at this point. I see that a lot in my demographic up here in Northern Virginia, uh, a lot of traveling people, a lot of executives. And yeah. so they don't have the time or luxury to get in. Also, if you've been up here at all, you know, DC traffic is hell. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to in- <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So far as like offering, that's about where it is. Now I know in the past, we all kind of have our, in each office that we have, we have different health coaches and we all, all kind of have our different tricks up our sleeves. So for me, it's always been nudge for other people. It's just having access to their, my fitness pal and looking at their Fitbit results. So whether it's with Nudge or any other type of app or wearable, I know a lot of my other health coaches, a lot of other clinical staff, they do have digital touch points. Mm-hmm. It's not, like I said, a, a hard or true devoted package, but it's integrating very quickly. Right, right. And it, well, I still think there's a lot of questions about that. And I think we, we see that pretty regularly is, you know, everyone's kind of looking at the industry to see like, what, what is the ideal package? And I, I think you've kind of touched on it and we kind of indirectly, we didn't really kind of hone in on it too much, but I think it is a combination of there needs to be some kind of data with, cause it's, it's benchmarking, it's monitoring progress. Yeah. Um, you know, we certainly focus a lot on that on the nudge side, but I think, you know, having some kind of um, human accountability, we, and I know we all think it's super critical for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's being delivered face to face or it's delivered over something like zoom, which, you know, we're massive users of zoom. Um, it, and I think there's some key aspects we're seeing and then cert- certainly some kind of content delivery as a part of it. But yeah, it, I think there's, we're starting to maybe see some of the key pillars of a program of a package that include digital that maybe it's not quite as much of as loose as it used to be of, okay, I'm just going to text you from time to time and, you know, yes, Godspeed, yeah. we'll see what happens. So because <laughs> yeah, honestly, in this day and age, you know, I'm sure we all, converse mostly through text messages. You know, yeah. I was, I go back to one of my favorite TV shows, new girl. Uh, you guys watch that? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Schmidt, uh, there's this one episode where his phone is ringing at first. He doesn't realize he's, he's like, what is this? I haven't gotten a non-text in over two years. And so I think you have to be kind of aware of the times and yeah. what people yeah. are going through. So for me to be a, a digital coach and to be like, Hey, I'm going to text you your workout. I'm going to text you and check in with you. It's so easy to just get lost in the sauce. And yeah, so yeah. I think just being aware of those multiple touch points. So maybe you do still text them, but also you have like with nudge, you got that notification. That's going to be something different 
it's going to trigger a different response. It's a different stimulus. Right. Therefore it's going to be a different response. And so, you know, us as coaches, we should kind of have that scientific evaluation <laughs> yeah. and, you know, be aware of, you know, Hey, if I do a, am I going to get the same result with every patient? Am I going to get B or am I going to get C, you know? And so I think it's just being aware of, again, where the patient is, where the client is, what they best respond to uh, and just trial and error, honestly. So, so one question, I guess one of my last questions and I'll shut up is, is really kind of as we're looking <laughs> at, you know, like I said, you're probably, you're, you're one of a handful of people on our, our network that we, we, you know, try to have a lot of conversations with because you're, you're really kind of ahead of the pack in a lot of ways. You've, you've gone through a lot Duh, of shucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here comes the flatter. I'll expect my commission check in. in <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, the uh, you've gone through a lot of the heartache that I think a lot of professionals and businesses are going through right now in terms of, and I use this analogy a lot. It's, it's kind of like when the internet first launched, right? Everyone was like, Oh geez, I need a website. I don't really know what to do with it or how to use it, but I know I need it. And it's, I think yep. we've seen in the industry where everyone's like, okay, I know I need to go kind of digital and have a remote management uh, strategy in place. What, you know, what would you be your, your feedback, your tips or some, you know, some pro tips from, from you, Chase, on if someone's looking to get into this, like what are the first steps? Like where, 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 where do you encourage a person to start if they're trying to, to, to launch some kind of program? So from the, the coach's side, from the practitioner if, side. If you're okay. either the coach or you're the business owner who's, who you're, you know, you're trying to implement this, a lifestyle program of some kind, where do, where do you start? Well, I think first of all, no matter what, no matter which method you're going to be pursuing, you have to know your demographic. You have to know your patient base. You have to know your clientele. So of course, you know, market research feedback is huge. Uh, what have you been doing correct so far? What have you been doing that maybe your people want differently? So you always, again, going back to, you have to always kind of meet them where they are, but uh, that's the same thing for technology. So if you're getting a lot of feedback that email is working, you know, maybe having like an email list is great. And I think kind of leading that starting and then leading that bread trail to other options um, to kind of just, test the waters, have that ripple effect for technology, you know, and watch and see how far that ripple goes. So I think starting with certain touch points, very simple, basic ones that we all have that are tried and true, you know, email, phone call, whatever, and then see who best responds to that. And then, you know, growing from there, uh, paying attention in your sessions. So you know, who's walking in with a smartphone, who is saying, oh yeah, I have a wearable, I have a Fitbit, who is logging their food. Uh, I think having that sense of awareness about your current clientele, your current demographic, and then catering to them first, um, you're going to trigger, you're going to click faster and more successfully, I think, than with someone coming in who doesn't have a wearable. Mm -hmm. They don't log their food. Uh, they couldn't even tell you what yesterday's meal was. So if they're not even aware of what they're doing, what they're eating, logging anything or quantifying anything in any way, shape or form, odds are they're not going to connect right away with that digital coach aspect. So, um, so you're saying don't jam technology down every single person. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, not everyone's going to be as knowing receptive. your audience. I think is critical to what yeah, you just so, said for sure. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like pulling teeth with some people and with others, it's going to be like when I first found out about nudge, you're just going to be like, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's gonna click that? Is that a soundbite? I'll see if I can pull that. Welcome to the Scale Well Podcast. <laughs> it's testimonials on our side. It'll just be sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite sounds from, uh, from this episode. Happy customers. Yeah. But, uh, you know, another, another point about that is, you know, if you do begin that process, if you want to pursue this digital touch point, 
I think going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of not just selling, hey, we have this cool piece of technology, we have this cool app or this other digital touch point. You have to sell the value. You have to have people connect with this value of this product or service and more or less, you know, kind of the story behind it, you know. So presenting, hey, this isn't an app. This isn't a piece of technology. This is a tool. Mm-hmm. This is the missing link. This is that thing, that magic pill <laughs> that everyone looking to lose five pounds, you know, it has been looking for. This is that other touch point that you need that is going to help stack the conditions in your favor, that is going to set you up for success, that is going to set your trainer up for success, that is going to really help both parties just blow the competition out of the water. Well, I think, yeah. I think technology is an extension of the professional or the business. It's, right. it's not, and it should be, or else yeah. it should be. I agree. Yeah. It should not be your soul. You know, it shouldn't be your golden egg. You shouldn't put all your hopes and dreams into this one thing. Uh, it should be an extension because like you said yeah. earlier, at the end of the day, it's that human connection. I don't care how well uh, a body composition machine can be at reading weight, body fat, muscle mass, that's all well and good, but what they really want is to see that data and then have someone explain it to them, have someone be empathetic, put, put themselves in their shoes, understand their origin, understand their story. That machine's not going to know that, hey, I'm a single mom and I have you know soccer every day of the week. I have to go grocery shopping. It's just going to say, hey, you either succeeded in your goal or you failed your goal. They're not going to understand everything right. else that goes around it. Right. So that human touch point is crucial. Yeah. Couldn't have said that better myself. Yeah. Um, it may be the technology may be the secret sauce, if you will, but the professional yeah. the connection mm-hmm. is dinner yeah. in that case. Yeah. Um, well, Chase, this has been awesome. How can, other than, I guess, a Compass Coffee House near you? Where you're <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if you're in DC, Compass connect- Coffee, you can find me there for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how can people who are listening connect with you, uh, hear more from you, get more content and also uh, reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you just, you know, pretty much on all social media platforms, if you just search my name, Chase Tuning, you'll find me. Also uh, on my podcast, where I had the privilege of speaking with you two gentlemen a couple of weeks ago over on Everford Radio. I'm on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. I also upload audio only to my YouTube channel. Again, just search for Chase Tuning. Everford Radio is uh, the best way to connect with me. Yeah, and don't, and Chase is being modest. His his podcast is blowing up right now. So yeah. if, if you are, if you are uh, it's doing well. It's doing well. I'm feeling the love. Enjoyed sure. listening to Chase today, and certainly we're going to do whatever whatever we can to get Chase and other other people like Chase are kind of leading the way on the podcast. Definitely encourage you to check out Everfor. He's had some really prominent people in kind of online fitness and wellness um, share their thoughts, and so you'll get some great great feedback there as well. Yeah, awesome. the world's been good to me. And so I'm just trying to, you know, pay it forward and help people and be that platform, be that connection that I have been and continue to seek for in others. So I think a big takeaway in this industry is that the more we find out, the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. Yep. And hey, as, that's, that's as, as proficient as I think I am now in my job, I thought I was the same, you know, three, five years ago. <laughs> I'm like, Chase, you didn't know shit. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, we have to be students of life. We have to have this continuous education, uh, not only for our own self growth and benefit, but the benefit of our clients and patients, right. because right. in this digital age, odds are they're one step ahead of you. Uh, they, they've already Google docked everything. They've gotten their diagnosis from WebMD. They've pulled out, you know, this amazing workout plan from whatever fitness website. So, if you don't do your due diligence, they will. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great parting words. So check out Everforward Radio, guys. And if you like this episode of the Scale Well podcast, give us a, a review. We have a lot of five-star reviews, but we certainly don't think it's enough. Um, but really feeling lo- the love from all you guys who are listening. So appreciate it. We'll see you again next time on Scale Well Podcast. See you. Thank you, guys.